Welcome to Off The Bounce. This is the NBA podcast that you did not know you needed in your life. I'm your host, Kajan, and as always, I'm joined by Dinks. Hey, hey. And Nissan. What's going on, folks? You know I always got your fun fact. And did you guys know there are around 3,000 different species of snakes in the world? Um, is Katie one of them? Oh, shots fired. Wow. Um, you know he follows everybody and listens to everything, and he's going to hate you now, right? Shout out to the blog boys. Ooh, baby. Hey, blog boys. Yeah, he's, he's, not, he's not happy with you right now, Dinks. But listen, before we get on with the show, we want to tell you, I want to tell you, Dinks is going to let me tell you, Nisa's going to watch me tell you, we have a contest. That's right, folks. We actually have a real budget for the show now, and we have an amazing contest that we're going to tell you at the end of this episode. Thank you, production. Yes, there's a lot of prizes. There's hundreds of dollars worth of prizes on the line, so make sure you can either fast forward to the end of the episode if you really don't care about us but listen just enjoy the show and naturally organically pay attention when we tell you how you can win an amazing nba themed prize pack that's coming up later right now we're going to talk about the nba upcoming season specifically we're going to give up our predictions right now after all this free agency craziness has kind of simmered a bit we're going to give you our predictions for the top eight teams in the east and in the West. This is going to be a part one and part two. So part one today, Dinks, if you will allow me to kind of explain this to everyone, we're going to talk about our top eight Eastern Conference teams. Each of us has made a list. We're going to go through the list one by one, right? We're going to first give it up, right? Like a really nice first date. We're just going to give it up. Really? Whoa. You put out? Hey, listen, I'm just saying uh, nice dinner and a smile and I- I'm game for anything. We're going to give our list first, and then we're going to kind of dissect it, see where we don't agree, where we do agree, and kind of go on from there. Is that good? Is that okay with you? I like that. And I'm going to retain my title of Balstradamus, because what I say usually ends up happening. So, Nissan, why don't you give us your top eight teams for the Eastern Conference? So, as of now, my top eight, um, got to go with Celtics, number one. Got Philly, Philadelphia Sixers, number two. Toronto Raptors, number three. The Milwaukee Bucks and the Greek Freak at number four. Pacers at five. Wizards at six. Cavs at seven. And then the Hornets sneaking in on the number eight seed. Who are you? Wow, there, there's a lot of bold predictions there. Uh, before, we get into, before we get into it, Dinks, why don't you give us your top eight? I got the Celtics, the Raptors, the Sixers, the Pacers uh, running as top four. I got the Wizards at five, Bucks at six, the Heat at seven, and the Cavaliers at eight. That was a barbecue chicken alert. Okay. I like your list. My top eight for the Eastern Conference right now. We got Celtics number one, Raptors number two, Sixers number three, the Indiana Pacers number four, Milwaukee Bucks at number five, the Pistons taking that sixth seed, Wizards at seven, and the Heat in the number eight spot. So, I want to start off with this. Dinks, how the hell do you believe the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to make the playoffs with Lebr- without LeBron James? The Cleveland Cavaliers aren't entirely so bad. If you think about it, yeah, they lost LeBron James. I still think that the fact that LeBron James has left the East and has gone to the West is probably going to work in their favor. They still have Kevin Love. Um, they've got J.R. Smith for the foreseeable future. Apparently, he's in trade rumors now. Still got Tristan Thompson. They've still got 
Um, they've got Colin Sexton coming in who looked pretty good. Colin who? Colin Sexton. Ooh! In, <laughs> in Summer League. He looked pretty good. So I think that they're, they're not poised to... They're not poised to do some noise in the playoffs, but I feel like they will be a playoff team. Okay. Do you think Colin Sexton looked good in Summer League because he wore Kyrie Irving's number? Or do you think he's actually good? I think he's actually good. Okay. But there's one critical piece missing. They don't have Kyrie! Do you really believe that a team like that, without a real all-star caliber point guard, and without LeBron James is going to make the playoffs ahead of the even the Detroit Pistons that now have Dwayne Casey, Blake Griffin, and a three-point shooting Andre Drummond? Well, the um, playoffs last year, the number eight seed was a sub-500 team. Okay. Right? So it doesn't take a 500 record to make the playoffs. And I'm pretty sure the Cavs will have a 500 record at least around 500 all right we're gonna lock it in right now you think that the Cavs are gonna have a 500 record okay but here's the thing let me ask you this do you believe that this year coming up that the Cleveland Cavaliers have a better team than the Detroit Pistons do you can you honestly say that that's tough to say no on paper no they don't but there's been there's a whole lot of things that are in flux with the Pistons, I mean, this is going to be the first full season of Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond. We don't know what kind of Reggie Jackson we're going to get again after all those injuries. Um, we don't know if, like, we don't we don't know how Dwayne Casey's going to play um, B- Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond. So there's a lot. There's still a lot of questions. I don't know. I don't like the Pistons didn't show signs of life when they got Blake Blake Griffin at the trade deadline mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what what, what it's going to be like this year. Okay. I think you're crazy, Nissan. I kind of agree with him, though. I think what? Is, yeah, uh, just a little bit, because I don't. I don't have the Pistons making it. And even though they got, you know, they acquired Blake Griffin, I feel, I feel like last year was a year for them to kind of break it, uh, like make it into the playoffs, and it didn't end up happening. And again, like you said, it didn't seem like they got any life. Why would you say something so blasphemous? Listen, I don't think the Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond. You know, the one-two punch at the front court, I don't think that's going to work out as much. Um, you, It's almost like, it seems like another Clippers in the East, except you don't have Chris Paul, you have Reggie Jackson, and then you have Andre Jordan, who's not DeAndre Jordan. I mean, to your point, uh, who's, who's going to be the prime, who's going to be the highest usage player? Is it going to be Reggie Jackson, or is it going to be Blake Griffin? Yeah, exactly. Right? And we don't know what kind of style that Dwayne Casey is going to bring on now, mind you, he's a defensive-minded coach, so, you know, really, where is the offense coming from, right? And also, to your point, is Blake Griffin even going to be Blake Griffin? Like, I think we're, I think we're assuming that Blake, the, we're holding Blake Griffin to a higher standard of a player than he currently is. Wow. You guys really have lost faith in Blake Griffin. I mean, so did... Uh, I mean, so he, might not be the, the, he might not be the all-star that he used to be, but under Dwayne Casey, I think they'll find a way to make sure that he's distributing the ball effectively and really when he has the rock, he's in a position to succeed. There's something, there's something about Dwayne Casey and Blake Griffin. Like If he can get that kind of productivity from JV, no offense to JV, imagine what he could do with the Blake Griffin. Right? That is true. 
and and Andre Drummond with him now practicing three point shot, talking about it openly and having that confidence behind it. Imagine him as your stretch four instead of Blake. That's an interesting kind of strategy to play with. We'll see how it shakes out. I still think that he'll start at the five. Um, but again, I still believe that you guys are counting out Blake Griffin a little too prematurely. Who would you pick as a stretch four if you had to pick between two guys? Kevin Love or Andre Drummond? Right now? Yeah, right now. Okay, if I had to pick between them two right now, I would probably take Kevin Love. I think he would perform better, especially closer to what he did in Minnesota. That being said, they don't have that luxury. And if you're looking long term, I think Andre Drummond is the better pick. For him to spend the summer just throwing up thousands and thousands of three-point shots... To add that to his game, to have that kind of attitude, long-term, I think that's a better bet. But it, you see, I find that all these centers are practicing their three-point shot. Do we Ooh, really... Who else? Every center. JV does it. Willie Collinstein from Sacramento okay, does JV's it. JV's not really up there throwing a- thousands of shots and Anthony talking about Anthony Davis it does it, but do they really run plays? And Anthony Davis is amazing. I know, but do we, do we ever see a play run for any of the bigs to actually shoot up a three-pointer? Like We don't see these plays happening in regular season games. Nor do we see you, them in the you playoffs. play based on what the defense gives you. So it's not that you're going to go there and all of a sudden Andre Drummond is now your point guard and running this you know, three-point design offense. It is, it's to add these pieces, but depending on what the defense gives you, you have that option. When you have that many tools in your belt, you have more chances to get something that's going to land and you'll be able to exploit from the other team. I mean, we do know that you know, you're not running plays for your big man to shoot threes, but we know that when it, when it comes to it, you can. For example, we have the Joel Embiid's of the world. We have the Christoph Porzingis's of the world that can shoot threes. Our notable three-point threats were so much that if they're not guarded on, on, on the three-point line, they're going to be banging those threes home, right? So yeah. I, think, I think Andre Drummond just wants people to pick him up at the three-point line versus waiting for him in the paint. Yeah. Anyway, listen, we're not going to spend too much time at the bottom. We're not, we're not bottom feeders here. We're not catfish. I just found it interesting that neither of you included the Pistons. Both of you included the Cavaliers. So I just wanted to kind of talk about that. Let's move all the way to the top of the standings. We all have Celtics number one ahead of either the Raptors or the Sixers. So I'm going to defer this to you, Nisa. Why don't you tell me why you believe the Celtics will be the number one seed in the East? And we'll, we'll chime in if we disagree or agree on something or anything of value that we can add. Well, right off the bat, they're getting Gordon Hayward back, right? Who they didn't have pretty much the entire season. They're getting back a healthy Kyrie Irving. You're, gonna get a, you're getting a rookie who's going into his second year who didn't play like he was a rookie in the first year in the first place in Jason Tatum, right? You're getting a much more improved Jalen Brown. You're pretty much getting an overall, you know, well-balanced team. You have Brad Stevens, not... Nothing crazy has changed over the summer. And these guys ended, what, second best in the East? And now that the Raptors kind of had you know, a little bit of a switch, I think pending that they stay healthy, that they're going to claim that top spot and mm-hmm. gun for you know, the finals, really. And really, you're looking at the Celtics starting fight. And, uh, and again, it's, it's a small ball lineup where you have Al Horford, you have Gordon Hayward, Kyrie Irving, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. That's a pretty deadly lineup especially going into playoffs if they're all healthy. Especially defensively, I think, too. Why do you believe, and again, the playoffs are totally different, so let's talk about the regular season. Why do you believe that that lineup, potentially, will outperform a Raptors lineup that has gotten better? Because, objectively, they traded up. They've, they've given up DeMar for Kawhi Leonard. And again, 
all things remaining healthy, you know, if Kawhi comes healthy and he's playing to what he's capable of playing at, they've gotten better. They're pretty much the same team. They just got their injured players back. So I think the biggest thing is that I kind of find that the Raptors might have a little bit of a slow start, right? Because you obviously got rid of DeRozan. Um, it's going to have a little bit of a, like, it's going to be almost a new chemistry that we're trying to start because, you know, we don't know the relationship that's going to happen between Kyle Lowry and Kawhi Leonard. Mind you, Kawhi Leonard and the rest of the team, really. And I think that's almost like a fresh new slate. They have a new head coach. It's going to be competitive. So I think the first quarter of the season, we're going to see either the Raptors struggling a little bit um, or maybe not even doing so well. Um, and I think once they pick up closer to, you know, the second quarter of the season, closer to the halfway point is when they're going to really take it up a notch and gun, you know, for the top seat versus the Celtics where they have, you know, most of the roster the same from the previous year. They're just continuing on where they left off from the Eastern Conference Finals. Dinks, you want to chime in? So tell us, why do you believe the Celtics will outperform the Raptors in the regular season? I do not agree with you when you say that the Raptors are going to have a slow start. And that they have a new head coach. You're forgetting that Nick Nurse was responsible for the culture shift and the new offensive style that the Raptors played this past season. Oh, he, he has acclimated. He's acclimated with everyone. Kawhi Leonard is a superstar. Superstars don't usually have slow starts. Yes, he's coming off an injury. I understand, but there's still a, there's still a new culture of ball movement and uh, the free flowing. Um, pass first offense that he's used to in the Spurs in the Raptors, right? They still have the same idea, the same similar style of play. They've gotten better defensively, the Raptors have. So I think, no, they're not going to be after the slow start. I think, I genuinely think that they can challenge the Celtics for top spot in the East. But I think ultimately, the Celtics are just, again, that core has another year under its belt. They didn't lose any of their depth. They didn't lose Marcus Smart. They still got the Terry Rozier. They've still got um, Stemi Ojale. They've still got Al Horford, Aaron Baines. They've still got Kyrie Irving, Jason Tatum, Gordon Hayward's back. So I think ultimately, yes, they will be the number one seed because, yeah, they are talent-wise, they are such a deep team. But the Raptors are up there with them. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I think just... Completely like just having continuity again mm -hmm. and not having to acclimate a big piece, a big of a piece such as a Kawhi Leonard mm -hmm. is going to bode a little bit well for the Celtics. But I think yeah. it's still going to be a tight between the Raptors and the yeah, Celtics. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard to call. When I was making this list, I the top three really, and we'll talk about the Sixers after this, but the top three were a little bit tricky because you have a team in the Raptors that proved that during the regular season they can do that. You know, if this was the Premier League title, EPL, back in <laughs> the UK, um, they, would have, they would win a trophy for that. Perform very, very well during the regular season. But again, I just feel like the intangibles, like you kind of were alluding to with Kawhi integrating him and Danny Green into the system, Nick Nurse can figure it out. They will be very successful. That's what I believe. But will they be as successful as the Celtics, Brad Stevens, and to have the pieces that they have, that sort of deep lineup? Maybe not as deep as the bench mob, but that solid eight-man rotation that plays to a little bit of a higher degree than the bench mob. I think that's what kind of edges it out for me at the number one spot. But let's talk about the Sixers. I have them at number three. Nisa, you got them at number three. Oh, sorry. No, you got them at number two. Dinks, you have them at number three. 
The Sixers themselves, do you think that they even have a shot at being the number one seed this year? Or do you still think that they're a top four team that can't make it? They can't really get to that number one spot and carry that for the whole year. I think they're I think they're an amazing team. They're one of my favorite teams in the East to watch, aside from the home the home team, the Raptors. But I just don't I don't know what we're getting in Markel Fultz. I don't know if Ben Simmons is gonna add a shot to his game. I I think I think Does he have to? Does he have to add a shot to his game at this I, point? At this at this stage, Come on. at this point in his career. We're talking about the rookie of the year. At this point he doesn't have to, but come playoff time, you could kind of see that he didn't have a shot and that shot was needed, right? Because obviously we know the game slowed down and Ben Simmons, even though he was barreling towards the, the rim, there was people to guard, to guard him there. So I think the Celtics just based off talent alone will be a 50-win team. Or at least, sorry, not 50-win. I think a 45-win team at least. Right, they could they could challenge for that two or three seed. I don't think they're going to be number one seed, seed level. Nissan, you got the Sixers over the Raptors. So, what makes you believe that the Sixers will outperform uh, veteran Raptors squad for the most part, and even adding veteran talent? What makes you believe the Sixers will outperform a veteran Raptors squad for the entire season? I think the biggest thing is these guys know that they don't want to face the Celtics in the second round. I think that's the biggest thing, and they're going to probably gun for. They want to gun for that top. Two seed and hold on, really hold can. on. You're telling me that they're going to be a higher seed than the Raptors because they don't want to face the Celtics? I, I went from taking two pills to taking seven. The blasphemy. I don't know. I don't even know what you're saying. You're that's, saying because they're scared that's why. of the number one team potentially, they're going to play better so they don't have to play the number one team. They don't. They they're going to land in the top two seed. They want to. That's the, that's like that's their aim, right? And but will they? You say they will. I think they will. Why? They're that much better. They're, you believe that they're better they're, than the Raptors squad we have? Why right are now. they better than the Raptors? Listen, you have Joel Embiid. You have a healthy Ben Simmons. You're getting Markel Fultz. I know big question mark on Markel Fultz. But from what we heard from Sixers, training staff, shooting coaches, that he is getting a shot back. Or he got a shot back. So you're buying into the clout. I'm buying in. I'm trusting the wow. process. I think the process... It like it's 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 completed. Wow! It, the only thing, the only liability that you know the Sixers have right now is the Ben Simmons shot. And I think if he does switch his shooting arm, because I feel like he's shooting with the wrong hand, because every time you see him finish at the rim, it's with his right. He shoots free throws with his right. Like I think if they fix that, if he just gets a shot. There's no one. There's no one else stopping them. Really, it's, like, it's really the Celtics. I was ready for this really transcendent discussion yeah. of why, but no, nah, you you just buying the hype. It all it came down to was Ben Simmons' right hand. Yeah, that's it. Wow. Meek, Meek Mill's out. Kevin Hart's out there. Listen. So you think because they freed Meek Mill <laughs> that the Sixers are somehow going to outperform the Raptors in the regular season? I see it happening. Are you crazy? A little bit. All right, we had it here, folks. Nissan's a little bit crazy. I don't know anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about the Pacers. Um, What we saw in the playoffs, wow. Wow. A team that took that LeBron squad to seven games. Again, not the best LeBron squad that he's ever been on, but still, to seven games, performed by all intents and purposes just as well as the Celtics. Mm -hmm. But we have them 
as high as number four, as low as number five. We don't have them really in the conversation for that top one, two, three spot. So how is it that Celtics took LeBron's team to seven games? Pacers did the exact same thing earlier with a healthier squad, a less tired squad. We have them much lower in this lineup. Dinks, elaborate. So me and you kind of agree at the Pacers. We exactly agree. Exactly. We have them at number four. Whereas Nissan has the Bucks at number four. Um, I think the Pacers, last season, we didn't know what to expect, so we were pleasantly surprised. This season, we're, we're going in with a sense of skepticism as to whether last season was um, legit or not. And I think that, you know, another year under the belt for Miles Turner, I think Victor Oladipo is just going to. Is, is certainly going to elevate his game because he he, he it seemed like his first season in the with the Pacers right after his stint in OKC just freed him. It was like as if he was jailed and he was set free. And Victor it was Victor Oladipo on fire, and I think that's essentially going to continue. Victor Oladipo because only can trend upwards, and I think that that core with um, Demontis Sabonis and just that that point guard and that big man punch of Miles Turner. And Victor Oladipo is gonna is gonna bode well because Miles Turner was good, was solid defensively and very good offensively. And Victor Oladipo was amazing for them. And I, you know, Coach Nate McMillan, he surprised me. He genuinely surprised me. That Pacers team was good, and I I honestly think just regular season wise, I don't know how they're gonna perform again in the playoffs, but regular season wise, I can see them going far. They did lose Thaddeus Young though, so I'm not sure how. How that's going to affect them? Who they're going to play at the four? I don't know if Demontis Sabonis is going to be performing that well. There's no Lance Stevenson as well, who's kind of that spark plug for them. Weirdly enough to say, mm-hmm. Lance Stevenson was a spark plug, but I think that regular season wise they'll be good. I don't know about playoffs, but I think that the, the, they will perform. I think that what had transpired during the playoffs was all the inspiration that city and that team needed to kind of get that chip on their shoulder, get that personality that's going to sustain them for the next four or five years. They have Victor Oladipo for three seasons, and I think he's going to end up re-signing with them as long as the temperaments kind of remain good. Miles Turner is, is, you know, two seasons away from a contract season. Well, sorry, one season away from a contract season, but he's getting better with every season. And getting more uh, a full fledged center in in his role, the pickup of Tyreek Evans over Lance Ooh. Stevens, Lance Stevenson. They got rid of Lance Stevenson, who, for all intents and purposes, could be your best player and could be your worst player. They got rid of him and they added Tyreek Evans on a one year, twelve million dollar deal, which means that he's playing for a big name contract. And he is already a huge upgrade over Lance Stevenson, averaging about ni- averaging about nineteen points, five rebounds, and five assists with Memphis. And I think in this conference with this team, he actually improves those numbers. You think Tyreek Evans is better than Lance Stevenson? I do. Yeah, I do because we're talking about the regular season here. Okay. Again, Lance Stevenson could be your best player, could be your worst player. Tyreek Evans, I think he gives you way more consistency. And the fact that he's in a contract year, you're going to expect a lot out of him and he's going to deliver. And I think because of that, that's what edges them and makes them a top four team. 
What makes them not crack that top three, simply for me, is the talent of the Sixers and that willpower that they have to prove the haters wrong. And I think Markel Fultz will come back with a bit of a, I don't want to say surprise, because people kind of like expect something, but just kind of show people that he's not what he was drafted as, right? That he is someone that has been working in the gym, getting that rehab done, and making sure that he can actually contribute to his team. The Pacers are not going to be outperforming the Raptors. That's not happening at all. They have a veteran squad, and they just added a top three player to their team, and they're not definitely, definitely not outperforming the Celtics like we all talked about. But again, I don't see any other team in the East outperforming the Pacers because of what they've uh, what they've added, the core piece there, and what they've experienced in the playoffs that happen. Nissan shaking his head. He has nothing to add. So let's continue with the show. We have the Bucks at number five, four, and Dinks. You have them as low as number six. Is this sort of the make or break year for Giannis and the Bucks? I think so. I think this is the year where, you know what, Giannis is fed up of, you know, losing out on the first round. And this, this, is, this is one of the reasons why I have them ahead of the Pacers is because I feel like you're going to get an MVP type year from Giannis Antetokounmpo, right? You're also getting, you know, a head coach in Mike Boonholzer who's going to, you know, establish more ball movement. And they added a couple of bigs, you know, a couple of bigs, but not just any kind of bigs. They added bigs that are more uh, shooters. Brooke Lopez, Ersan Ilyasova, you know, to put around Giannis Antetokounmpo, who can't. Now, we know, you know, he's, he's obviously an all-star, but he still needs to develop the shot a little bit more, especially, you know, three-point line. But that's why putting these bigs who are shooters can stretch the floor for him. But I think the key addition is the head coach of Mike Boonholzer, who coached the Atlanta Hawks, you know, took him to the conference finals, but obviously lost against LeBron. I think his system that he can bring in to the Milwaukee Bucks it's going to be a game changer for Giannis. And for him to play under uh, you know, a well-established coach like Mike Wunholzer, I think Giannis, Chris Milton, they're going to have fun. They're going to have fun. Okay. Okay. Uh, Dinks, you want to get the first, first aid kit? Well, this is going to hurt like a mother... <laughs> Did you say that Giannis needs to add a three-point shot? That he needs to add a three-point shot? He also said that Giannis is going to have an MVP-type season because, you know, the past couple seasons, Giannis has not been having MVP-type seasons, right? I mean, I didn't see him in MVP talk. Giannis needs a three-point shot like I need a third nipple, my friend. Seriously. <laughs> this, guy gets, get... this guy gets from the half court to the rim. Two steps. In two and a half steps. Oh, two and a half. He can literally gather the ball, take the two steps, be at the rim. And you're telling me, a man with that length. No, no, no. I talk. You finish talk. I talk now. He needs to add a three-point shot. Did you see his Instagram post with his brothers in the gym? This man putting on muscles. He's putting on real muscles. He's eating that Greek yogurt. Two Greek things. Y- Oikos. <laughs> Two things. No, you don't get to talk anymore. I don't know why you don't understand this. We take turns. All right. Don't put your hand up and wave at me when I started. When I'm on a roll, don't stop it. Get out the way, son. All right. Oikos. Hit up my boy, Giannis, with that sponsorship. What are you doing? You want to bail out for Greece? Sign Giannis. Make him your spokesperson, your ambassador to the U.S. He does not need to add a three-point shot. And this was a trap question. This is not a make-or-break year for Giannis, okay? They are going to perform well. They don't have 
the fundamental pieces to carry them through the playoffs. And again, unfortunately, because of their lineup that they have right now, they're not going to have Giannis for all those games and be able to drive him that many minutes to make them a top four team in the East. They want to be able to conserve him, play smart, make sure that they're there in the middle of the pack. But again, I don't think that they have the depth needed to be a top four team in the East. Stinks. Would you consider Giannis the best player in, in the Eastern Conference right now? No. Uh, because again, if everyone's healthy, it's Kawhi Leonard, Kyrie Irving, and then Giannis. So you're putting Kyrie Irving above Giannis. Yeah. I, listen. I, I think that Giannis means more to his team than Kyrie because... Okay, if we're defining it that way, yes. I, yes, I, then Kawhi means more to the Raptors than Kyrie means to the Celtics. Uh, and Giannis means more to the Bucks than Kyrie to the Celtics. So if we're talking in that way, yes, but we're objectively talking about who I have as number one, two, and three. It would be Kawhi number one, Kyrie number two, Giannis number three. And again, it's because of that ability for Kyrie to take over the game. Like he has the best handles in the NBA, period, full stop. He has the ability to perform when all the lights are on him, which Giannis proved that he isn't quite there yet. He's not in the clutch territory yet. I think, I, I think Giannis is in a situation that's very similar to a LeBron and Cleveland situation. It's like the Bucks go as far as Giannis takes them. Um, the, they have lost Jabari Parker. I mean, he wasn't, he was, he is coming off two ACL surgeries. He is, he is coming off um, a bad shooting year, but he did give you around 17 points per game. So they do lose scoring in that aspect. And, you know, they haven't added any depth. They're still top heavy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? So it'll be interesting to see. But that's a good question. Talking about who the best players. We should probably do an episode on that. That being said, thank you all for listening to this episode. Again, this is part one of a two-parter. Our next episode, we're going to break down the West, our top eight teams for the Western Conference. But before you go, we have a contest. And it's pretty massive, guys. We're giving away. A $100 gift card to Foot Locker. So you got some nice kicks before the season starts. A brand new, and when I say brand new, I mean the seal is not broken, folks. It's not something that we repackage for you. A brand new Google Home Mini and some limited edition NBA pins from the Brim Store here. So again, we're giving away hundreds of dollars in prizes just for being a listener of this show. Now, Dinks, you're probably wondering, how can they enter this contest and how can they win, right? Well, you're going to have to tune in to the next episode of Off the Bounce coming in two weeks' time where we tell you all the rules and regulations. I'll put on my best NBA commissioner voice and tell you exactly how you can be entered into the draw to win. But until then, make sure you follow us on Off the Bounce Pod on Twitter and on Instagram. And make sure you tell your friends to, hey, like, subscribe, and share the show. So that's been all for today. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time. Peace, peace. See you later, folks.